the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Wednesday the 22nd. You are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, having individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. How many inches of rain are we going to get? A ton. It looks like we are going to get a ton of rain. So I was just looking at that uh, before we uh, went live, and it's saying they're, they're forecasting like uh, pretty much four inches of rain starting at three o'clock this afternoon. So get all your outdoor activities in right now, and, right now, and build a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Allen will be in after the nine nine thirty break. So or get we'll, ready for a nice long afternoon nap. There you go. Morning oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, be perfect weather uh, for an afternoon nap. But we'll uh, talk a little bit more about the weather and whatnot as uh, we continue on through Panhandle Live today. But our first guest is joining us online, it's local author and historian Steve French. Steve, how you doing this morning? Okay, Jordan, how you been? You Good. and Marcia. Good. We're good. Are you are you somewhere up on a mountain so the rain won't get oh, to you? Right, right here at Short Mountain in Morgan County. It, we're way out of the floodplain. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so that'll work. Well, you've got an event coming up. Let's get right to it. It is the Custer's Last Stand 146th Anniversary Remembrance. Is that, yep, is that right? That's it. Um, uh, uh, the Hancock Historical Society, Dan Murphy, and I are putting this on. It's a free event Sunday at 2 o'clock. And uh, I started doing these programs probably back in 2016. I did one for uh, Mrs. Rice at the uh, Lifelong Learning, and uh, I usually do them now every year. This year, I have uh, this is on the anniversary, and then uh, two weeks from now at the Chautauqua event in um, uh, Mountain Lake Park, Maryland, I'm going to do two more. Uh, he has some connections in that area, and uh, they they wanted. Uh, wanted to hear it so tell people uh, a little bit about the battle of little bighorn well it's uh, uh one of the most controversial things in american history uh, it's uh, uh the defeat of the celebrated seventh cavalry and un- un- under uh george armstrong custer who was um, um one of the biggest heroes of the american civil war um at the end of the war the uh his uh his uh, sponsor, really, uh, General Philip Sheridan, uh, paid uh, Wilmer McLean a $20 gold piece for the table that Grant and Lee signed the surrender document on and then gave it to Custer's wife, Elizabeth, to uh, uh, and say, said, I'm giving you this because your husband's one of the most... Uh, uh, men most responsible for winning winning uh, the Civil War, but then in the the uh, Indian campaigns of 1876, uh, most of the Sioux Indians and Cheyenne were on reservations, 
but uh, there was a number of them in uh, in uh, territories in Montana, especially, and uh, because of controversy over the Black Hills Gold Strike, it, according to Peace Treaty, the Black Hills were Indian property, uh, but uh, of course the gold seekers didn't see it that way. So finally, uh, uh, a lot of trouble there, and President Grant and uh, Secretary of War uh, William Tecumseh Sherman and Sheridan decided to uh, uh, end the Indian problem once and for all. And then, uh, of course, uh, they had a three three uh, different armies in that area, but Custer is the one that uh, would uh, run into them, and uh, he attacked the. The big thing about it, they didn't want the Indians to get away and split up. The Indians had gathered about 8,000 people together. Usually they were in small bands, but they knew the army was coming. Mm -hmm. And uh, they gathered about 8,000 people. Of course, that's men, women, and children. Mm -hmm. And the idea Custer had was to attack the village at one end and stir things up there. He would swing north and capture the women and children who would be running away from the battle. So, uh, so Steve, what what was the impact of this, you know, battle? Because all I can think of whenever I hear battle or the Battle of Little Bighorn, first thing I think of is just some, you know, prairie land out in the western U.S. somewhere, and just all these, you know, just pretty much what a, a movie set at this point. So, what was the impact of this battle afterwards? And uh, I mean, because there's been so many books and movies and you know things based off of it. Oh, it's a big impact. You got to realize this happened just at the time the centennial celebration in the United States was taking place in Philadelphia. Fourth of July, seventeen or it would be eighteen seventy-six, the hundredth anniversary of the Revolution, and uh, uh, this defeat just uh, shocked everyone. They couldn't believe it. Here, you know, the uh, uh, one of the greatest soldiers of the Civil War, and, of course, he, he had been an Indian fighter occasionally over the years, not not the uh, a whole uh, period after the Civil War, but it had a big effect, and it was one of the things that brought the North and South back together. Hmm. Um, Why, just, how was that? I was just reading the other day, because the Southerners, these were veterans. Now, this is only uh, 11 years after the end of the Civil War. The, the Southerners were ready to go out and fight and avenge Custer. I was just reading the other day at the predecessor of the Greenbrier Hotel in White Sulphur Springs. It was called the White, and you had people, of course, vacationing there. Mm-hmm. And once they heard that uh, that Custer had been killed, they decided to have a, a memorial ball to raise money to build him a statue. One of the main sponsors was Confederate General John McCausland, the man that burned Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, and, all, and uh, almost tried to burn Hagerstown, Maryland, and also Hancock. Hmm. But uh, it, it was a big uh, shock. Um, even though the the Indians at one um, for over the next years, the uh, the army brought them, brought them back into the reservation. And we're speaking with author and historian Steve French. Now, you're going to be given a pretty in-depth uh, presentation about uh, the 146th anniversary of the Battle of Little Bighorn. So tell people if they, uh, you know, are maybe interested in hearing a little bit, what what all you're going to be covering and kind of, you know, uh, showing people. Well, I'm going, going into the background, uh, the build-up to the battle, the battle itself, and then the aftermath of the battle, what happened. Um, 
because of it. You take um, Libby Custer, his wife. Of course, Custer is going to be blamed at at, at the uh, uh, and when the news gets back, even General Grant and and all blame him for uh, this mistake. And um, she's going to spend the next fifty three years of her life getting his name hmm. back in high recognition and uh, and uh, returning his celebrity. And she does a good job. She writes books and and so on. But she's going to live fifty three years after uh, after his his death. And then we'll go into the some of the uh, uh, paintings, the famous painting, the Budweiser mm-hmm. painting that was in most of the. Uh, beer joints and taverns in mm-hmm. the 1900s. And then we'll go into the movies. Um, Errol Flynn's depiction of Custer, and they died with their boots on. Uh, probably that's the height of his of uh, Custer's fame around ni- 1941 with the release of this movie with Errol Flynn. Afterwards, the more movie, uh, the, the movies have uh, been more um, uh, realistic, let's say. Yeah. And uh, uh, and also we'll go in. Uh, we'll finish up with some of the books. There's books written. There's of all the battles in American history, only Gettysburg, as far as the literature on on the battle, surpasses the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Again, we're speaking with author and historian Steve French. Unfortunately, we got to be getting to our first break here in just a bit. So I want you to let people know again where you're going to be at times and uh, dates and whatnot for uh, your talk. Okay, it'll be this Sunday. 2 p.m. at the Hancock Town Hall on 126 West High Street, Hancock, Maryland, and it's a free event. Awesome. Again, author and historian Steve French, thank you for staking, or for spending a little bit of time uh, with us here on Panhandle Live, and this sounds like it's going to be a very, very interesting uh, talk uh, up there at Hancock. Well, come on up to Sunday. Give you <laughs> I might, that way. Yeah, I might have to do that as long as I don't get swept away in this flood here today. I might have to do that. <laughs> you might come to your house just to sit up on high <laughs> yeah, ground. Just stay safe. The water won't reach here. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks a lot. Take Steve. care. And that was uh, author and historian Steve French talking about the 146th anniversary of the Battle of Little Bighorn, where he's going to be having a talk about it, talking about all things uh, Little Bighorn at uh, the Hancock Town Hall this Sunday, June 26th at 2 p.m. And it is free. So if you're looking for something to do, there you go. Okay, so obviously I'm I'm going down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. after he mentioned the fact that his... Um, that Custer's wife spent 53 years after his passing. So she got married to him when she was 22. I'm looking this up on huh. on the internet. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Bacon Custer, uh, as he said, spent 53 years, uh, left nearly destitute in the aftermath of her husband's death. She became an outspoken advocate for his legacy through her popular books and lectures. Hmm. Well, devoted. Yeah. Definitely devoted. 53 years. Wasn't Kevin Costner in a... Little Bighorn movie or Custard movie, General Custer. Thought you'd know that. No, thought you'd know that one. No, I don't know, but I can. I can always. I can always just picture just some like golden field, and it has to be from Mm -hmm. a movie. Has to be from a movie. Just some golden field with uh, you know soldiers and you know Native Americans and things kind of scattered and running all over the place. And that's the only thing I could ever really think of. The The prototype for the. mm -hmm. Well, you can you can get more information this Sunday at um. Steve French's talk in Hancock. Man, this is going to bug me if I can't. Now, look, they're probably like, I see you've, you've 
looked up Battle of the Bighorn movies, and and they're like twenty. <laughs> there are so many. Well, he said Steve said that literature wise, only Gettysburg has more books and stuff written about huh. it. So, you know, it makes sense. And apparently, there was a Battle of Little Bighorn movie in twenty twenty. Wow. Okay. Custer's strategy of defeat in twenty twenty one. Got goodness. three stars. <laughs> well, the historical movies. I feel like they always kind of get gypped in the uh, reviews a little bit. Everyone's an expert. Yeah, you know? I, I remember watching a movie and um, it, I made the mistake of looking at th- at the threads, and most of the complaints were of you know armchair historians who were like, "Well, they didn't get that right. They didn't get that right." So oh, that's probably kind of weird. Like when um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to type <laughs> in this Kevin Costner, but I typed in. Custard, Kevin Custard, instead of. <laughs> but um, anyways, anyways, coming up here uh, in a few minutes on Panhandle Live, we're going to be talking to Jefferson County Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management <laughs> Director Steve Allen, uh, talking about what could possibly go wrong. Of course, coming into summertime, so you got to start, start thinking about heat, uh, pets in the car, kids in the car, you know, walking outside. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things, rain, there's rain. all kinds of stuff to uh, <laughs> yeah, to start to worry about, that is for sure, when it comes to summertime. So we'll have Steve come in and tell us what could possibly go wrong, but it's coming up in just a little bit. Oh, hang on, I might have the answer to that question. Dances with Wolves. Oh, yeah, okay. Dances with Wolves. It's Yes, that's it. It's on Netflix. His if delivery you watch it. was very monotone in that movie. I thought it was good. I think it. that movie's great. Well, no, everyone, he's, he's, it's critically acclaimed, but mm-hmm. I, I, I can't get past the delivery. Yeah. Well, he's a stern soldier. Okay. It's, well, that's like, um, anyway, well, we could talk about this all day, but we have to get to a break. So we'll be back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Marsha Kavalik, Jordan Nice Warner with you here. You gonna be all right, buddy? Goodness. I think I had a fly fly down my throat or something there when I was getting ready to talk. It's all good. You've, you need, all right, you need we're a back. minute? We're back. Okay. Uh, welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we had Steve French in to talk about the 146th anniversary of the Battle of Little Bighorn and his talk he'll be uh, having on that at the Hancock Town Hall at 2 p.m. on Sunday. It's a free event, so if you missed any of it, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. I was looking at your post that you shared on our WEPM WCST Panhandle News Network uh, Facebook page that uh, courtesy the City Hall, Martinsburg City Hall, that graphic. I I don't think I really dug into it until just now. We're in red for the rainfall accumulation. 2.95 inches possible in Martinsburg and then south of us in Winchester, possible 3.66 inches. And um, that starts around, you said three? Yes, around three o'clock this afternoon. So, uh, Some, someone I might know, I'm, I may know, might be at work down there. Yeah. <laughs> I might need to tell her to. <laughs> so, uh, be ready. It's, uh, what they say, it's going to get wet today. Right? It's going to get wet today Hang and uh, aggressively, it seems. But, uh, I think if you look, and uh, this will be the last to talk about the weather, uh, Marsha. 
Looks like tomorrow <laughs> it's going to rain all day, and then we're good. So we get through today and tomorrow, and then we're into nice summer weather for the weekend. Okay. But yeah. We can do that. Okay, so uh, big doings. I, I appreciate Al Gage. Uh, he's back from vacation covering the meetings again, and uh, he covered last night's meeting of the Berkeley County Board of Education. There have been a lot of notable retirements in the system and on the board uh, this year, and uh, the most notable, of course, at the top, uh, Superintendent Dr. Patrick Murphy, and he was um, on the tail end of some compliments about his time at at the helm at last night's Board of Education meeting. Uh, he had this to say. I just want to make one note. While many of those highlights of the accomplishments while I was here, there are great people here that care about education. For those things to happen, they happened as a result of a team working together. doesn't really need to be a lot of direction. There just needs to be inspiration and encouragement. People here will flourish as demonstrated during my tenure and also previously. So, you know, continue to support what's happening. These folks know what they're doing. Also retiring our board members, Todd Beckwith and Darren Gilpin. And uh, we have a little, little sound from the meeting involving all three of those gentlemen. I have the honor this evening of recognizing two of our board members who are going to be retiring as of June 30th. The senior member of the group, Todd Beckwith. It has been an honor and a privilege to be on the board for 28 years. And I can tell you uh, without hesitation, I'm very proud of Berkeley County Schools. We offer tremendous opportunities for students. Our current school board chair, Dr. Darren Gilpin. It's been uh, an honor and a privilege. I've uh, been very proud to serve on this board for the last 12 years. I, like Todd, want to thank all the, uh, the faculty and, and staff at all the schools. It's been very enjoyable working with all of you. So, of course, uh, sound from last night's Board of Education meeting in Martinsburg of the Berkeley County Board of Education. And uh, Ron Stevens will be the interim superintendent beginning July 1st, and he is set to have that post for the year while the board uh, is looking for a replacement for Dr. Patrick Murphy. Yeah, in other news, uh, the board also approved unanimously bids uh, for mental health services, transportation, uh, child nutrition, renewals, and Department of Instruction, as well as personnel actions. So it looks like they had a uh, productive mm-hmm. Berkeley County Board of Ed meeting the other day. There was an announcement from the school system this week as well, and this uh, probably applies to most school systems in the area. Um, there is a federal program that allows for school uh, for uh, meals for for kids throughout the summer, breakfast and lunch, and um, so some some of the things that they were doing during the pandemic, as far as ease of use and convenience and mm-hmm. um, having um, pickup points, are not happening anymore. Where they would do these, you know, they stand, they'd be outside the schools handing out lunches and that. That's not happening anymore. But they do have. Uh, specific schools that are are feeding students on specific days. So for Berkeley County in particular, you can go to their website and find those days and and date and the dates. Yeah, and absolutely. Locations. And I think the pandemic kind of showed how important those summer meals, you know, are right. for families and kids around here, around right. everywhere. Absolutely. And um, you know, we have those aug- augmenting programs like from Kids Power Packs, from Community mm-hmm. Combined Ministries. Usually, they're in the schools handing out those you know, little bags for the kids to take over the weekend. They had to change up everything they did during the pandemic. And um, it's, it's amazing all the efforts that both the school system and these volunteer organizations did to make sure that um, children could eat. 
I'm trying to see here uh, some of the pickup locations. So you, uh, the kids actually can go there and yeah. eat at those at those oh, schools. Okay, not pickup. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where they can go eat. So Eagle School Intermediate, Hedgesville Elementary, Opekin, um, pretty much all the schools that you would think are mm-hmm. on the list. But uh, of course, you can go to Berkeley County, BerkeleyCountySchools.org, and uh, it's pretty easy to navigate your way to the list from there. But that's cool. It's cool that they uh, are doing that still mm-hmm. and didn't stop doing that. Because yeah. like I said, it, did, it saved a ton of families, I think, uh, during the pandemic. And, it, and if they've got their playgrounds open, mm-hmm. the kids could go and eat breakfast and then go play basketball That's for a right. few hours and then hit up lunch. <laughs> That's right. And uh, watch out if you're at, and I can't I can't remember what school is, but uh, I've been taking the dog out to you talking about Burke Street? Uh, it's not Burke Street. It's a little further out, out towards Rockcliffe Drive. But uh, it's all fenced in, super nice. Oh, Tuscarora? Maybe. Maybe. That makes sense. But it's, it's such a nice playground, mm-hmm. my goodness. And uh, it's got a little walking track, so you might see me and the dog out there. Probably Tuscarora. On, uh, I think it is. Yeah, That's everyone's just going to stop and pet him. <laughs> he would love it. He would uh, prefer that. That is for sure. But uh, we do got to get to our bottom of the hour break. And coming up after that break, Jefferson County Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management Director Steve Allen for what could possibly go wrong. So stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kvalik. And Marsha, it is time for one of, I think, our favorite segments here on Panhandle Live, because joining us in studio from the Jefferson County Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management. It's Director Steve Allen with What Could Possibly Go Wrong. Steve, good morning. How are you doing today? We are doing great, and thank you for the invite to come in. I had to uh, put it off a week, but I thank you very much for working me in. Absolutely. Well, you picked a good time to uh, come in because we do have <laughs> some potential, potential emergency situations uh, coming up today. But uh, there's some other stuff you want to talk about before we get to all that, I think, right? Well, actually, let's I think talk, we're, let's talk we're about the weather. Okay, because yeah, we're going to get yeah. we're going to get a little rain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the uh, we're under an aerial uh, flood watch. That means in the entire area, the viewing area, the the area that um, uh, Sterling, Virginia, covers. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a possibility of, and I think it's a 68 percent chance of of it. So it's going to hit us. Well, you know, if, if you're playing the odds, yeah. you know, if you're, a if, chance. You're, if you're playing uh, the lotteries and things like that, you're going to take a 68% chance. But anyway, <laughs> uh, my understanding of it is we could receive anywhere yeah. from one to three inches. I've not seen anything uh, about four from the National Weather Service. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's out of Sterling. And yeah. uh, about 530 this morning, we got the notification coming so, through that we were under that. So when we have potential for rain like this, it's going to come down a lot and fast and in a fairly short amount of time what are some of the things right. that we need to start you know being prepared for and thinking about exactly and that's a good point that you're that you're you're bringing up jordan um what we're looking at is possibility to flash flood not that not that river coming up and flooding and like we experienced uh what a month ago mm-hmm. or so but uh where if, if you're in areas that are prone to flooding and 
if, if you live in those areas, you know, you yeah. know, the water comes mm-hmm. up, the water goes down and it moves fairly quickly. Uh, if you're in, in, uh, in the Jefferson County or even the Berkeley County area, you've got, uh, Henshaw uh, Road, uh, Henshaw Road, <laughs> yeah, for Berkeley. Um, you've, you've also got the areas, Big Springs Curve, mm-hmm. those areas there and a lot of them that, that the water comes up, the water goes down fairly quickly. So you, you know, you're, you're aware and you just kind of plot your, your travels and one of the the first thing is turn around, don't drown. That's right. right. You don't know, drive if, if through the puddle. The, you don't you don't know what's underneath yeah. of it. So has it kind of uh, gotten washed out? Uh, that, that, well, the roadway can get washed out. It also uh, you can have the water where you have a uh, the roadway where you have a dip. So you don't know if uh, it could it, be it two three down. feet deep. Exactly, and, yeah. and, it, and it only takes a few inches. And when I say a few inches, six to ten inches can float a car away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to watch for those things. And this is, once again, in that, uh, in the flies flood and riverine flooding as well. But Steve, I have a four-wheel drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steve, I got a big truck out there. That's, what? that's right, yeah. No, it's still, uh, most automobiles, now, if, if you have a, a really high up vehicle or so forth, but you got to remember, the wheels to the axle is still even that that truck may be four foot off the ground to get to the running boards, mm-hmm. but still that axle where the wheels or the where the tires make contact up to those axles and so forth may only be eight, 10, 12 inches or so, depending on the size of your wheels. Right. I mean, it could be 15 if they're 30 inch wheels and so forth. But, but you know, those are things. And that's a great point, Marcia, in saying, <laughs> but I've got four wheel drive. I can make it through. Well, I've seen a lot of four wheel drive cars hey. driving through and then in the middle. And this is especially at uh, Stonebridge. Mm. Um, I, <laughs> over the years, and, and I've been doing this for many years, over the years, we've had so many cars that decide that Stone Bridge, where, when you're going down golf course, toward mm-hmm. golf course mm-hmm. road, well, we can make it through. And, uh, I'm up on Stone Bridge and, and looking down at a whole bunch of these cars, just going around the high water signs and driving wow. through. And all of a sudden it stops in the middle. Yeah. Wow. You can't go any further. So it's very important on, on flooding conditions. So be aware of your situation. Make a plan. Uh, th- those are all the big things that, that you always want to do. Turn uh, around, don't drown. Turn big around, one. don't drown. Yeah, don't exactly. drive through those. Don't drive through those big puddles, even though the splash is cool. Or maybe. <laughs> and this has happened washed. to me before. Yeah. <laughs> this happened to me before. I feel like people. I was walking. Where was that? Ocean City uh, one summer. <laughs> we just had a huge rainstorm, right? Uh, was walking down to, I don't know corner store whatever and uh, i think people were purposefully driving through big puddles just to cover me in the rain but don't do that don't everybody's laughing you know and and everybody else is laughing laughing at you as they're driving by and waving everybody else is laughing as i walk into a store completely soaking wet exactly but this ten dollar bill it's soaked but right but with the summertime it also brings other uh things to think about especially in terms of the heat okay all righty yeah um and right now is a, a perfect example of what we've had over the last week or so. You've had the areas uh, that are subjected to high temperatures for long periods of time. And, and many times, uh, and of course, it's, it's always uh, um, if, you have a, if you're under a, an extreme heat warning, um, you know, and that, that means that it's definitely going to take place. Um, so, always, so real quick, watch. A watch means that's potential. Warning means it's going to happen. Yeah, it's, okay. it's pretty jam- – yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, like a tornado watch versus a tornado yeah. warning. A tornado watch is – conditions are good that it could happen somewhere. A warning is it's been spotted somewhere or they've seen it on radar mm-hmm. and the blips on radar and things like that. 
So with, with warnings, um, you want to make sure uh, find air conditioning if possible. And a lot of areas, a lot of communities have areas that are set aside for people that are um, that that their their power could be out, and and that's another thing that comes up is mm-hmm. um, because you have your air conditioning running throughout your community, a lot of times you'll lose power because it just drains it out and it can't keep up with it. So, are there any cooling centers in Jefferson County? Yes, uh, uh, Jefferson County Community Ministries uh, generally opens up. Also, uh, and then and uh, of course, and this is summer or winter. Um, because you can have just the extreme yeah, opposite of, of cold, yep. you know. So, um, but they they also um, the uh, the community then uh, through all of the different churches in Jefferson County, they have uh, for the homeless or or um, you know others that uh, that are unfortunate that they they have areas that they can send them to and they can sleep overnight and provide you know showers and bedding and, and things like that but Jefferson County Community Ministries has opened several times also the Ransom Civic Center has opened from time to time when we have it they'll they'll say well we're going to head and uh, because it's air conditioned inside mm-hmm. of there it's a very nice facility that the city of Ransom has and they they open that up from time nice. to time. So those are those are places we used to have. Of course, we don't have it anymore. Over the hill here at the mall, mm-hmm. the Martinsburg Mall, mm-hmm. they had that that community room, and we were able to do it there. But that we're talking ten and fifteen or twenty. Now years you're just going to have to wander right. around Party City, <laughs> right? Well, and then if, well, and then to if, Walmart. Right? And of course, this isn't as uh, I think I would say it's not as big of a deal in the summertime as it is in the winter. But if your electric goes out, don't bring that generator inside and start. Oh, trying yeah. to power oh, stuff, absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. I've been seeing because what was it out in Ohio uh, just the other week when those big storms went through and the electric was out, the, all the power went out. Of course, in the summertime, it's getting a little hot. Yep, and they're making are. sure people don't take those generators in and do yeah. crazy things like that. Exactly. Obviously, there are some populations that are more vulnerable to mm-hmm. the heat, and you know, children and the elderly. And I, I know. The elderly folks in my life, my mom in particular, doesn't perceive heat in the same way. Mm. You'll go into her house on a good day and it feels like a sauna. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And she's not always, yeah. she doesn't always remember her intake, like water mm-hmm. and all that. Yep, hydrate, right. So um, check on your elderly neighbors That's and friends. That's correct. That you're, those are all the excellent points, Marcia. You're, you're uh, going by the book on that to make sure that you uh, check those. Um, also, avoid any strenuous activities um, during these, these uh, times of heat where we have extreme heats. Uh, do it in the morning mm-hmm. or later in the evening, and that's, that's my modus operandi as mm-hmm. well. Uh, if I'm going to mow the grass, I'm going to do it after the, uh, the dew dries yeah. off in the morning really quickly before it gets to it or in the evening after it cools down. Exactly. So th- those types of things. Uh, wear light clothing. Yeah. And when I say light clothing, uh, white T-shirts or white shirts and things like that, as well as lightweight as well, those, those types of things. And then um, what, what about pets? Um, that's, and uh, that, that brings up another point. And uh, we talk about the, the preparing for pets for disasters. Um, and, and once again, don't have the dogs you know, or whatever chained up outside with no water or no, uh, no sheltered or shaded areas, things like that, bring them in. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, what can happen if, if you don't bring them in, Yeah. but uh, make a plan and, and, and uh, Hurricane Katrina brought out the importance on being prepared for pets and disasters as well. There were so many pets that were left because when Katrina was hitting and uh, everybody said, we need to evacuate, well, 
many people consider their pets their children as mm-hmm. well. Right. And, and a lot of people would not um, go to shelters. They said, no, I'm going to stick it out because Fido or Fluffy, you know, I, I can't leave them here alone. But they couldn't so, have them in the, in the shelter at well, that point for at, many at, of them. At, at that point, that you're exactly right. And since then, things have changed where shelters now, and in Jefferson County, we have a shelter specifically uh, designated as this is where you'll go for your pets. Oh, right. so this is where, where is pets that? Will be. It's uh, Wildwood. Wildwood uh, Intermediate School. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, the uh, the owners and so forth could be over Jefferson, and then you can have, or or you can also have the owners with their pets at Wildwood where the pets are in an area. And we have a, a, a Pets in Disaster trailer in Jefferson County that has a whole bunch of crates in it and all kinds of supplies for, now we don't have food because mm-hmm. you can't keep the food forever, mm-hmm. so... <clears throat> You know, if you, if you have something where you, we've opened up a shelter and have the pets in there, we know we're going to be there three or four days or whatever. Everybody's going to be running down mm-hmm. to uh, Tractor Supply right. or uh, Southern States and areas like that to, to get as much uh, cat and dog food so that they, they have somewhere or not somewhere, but they have food um, to, uh, you know, stay what a, to keep them going. What a thoughtful thing to do, because I, I think about people who have cats and they oh, typically yeah. the cat doesn't stay in a crate. You're yeah. not going to keep a cat in a crate at your house. But then when you're in a shelter and you need to keep everyone separated, yeah. you, you don't have one of those. Yeah. And, and we have uh, we have the cat crates. We have dog crates. We have three or four different sizes of those crates. And, and I think we have upwards towards 75, upwards toward 100 of those uh, that are stored in a trailer that we can haul to wherever to uh, take care of that. That's amazing. That is amazing. Again, we're speaking with Jefferson County Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management Director Steve Allen. Uh, We have just about two and a half minutes or so until we have to get to our last break of the day. So anything else you want people to know about out there? Um, If you need more information, you can contact us. You can uh, email us at jchsem at jeffersoncountywv.org, or you can call our office at 304-728-3290. And, and another thing that I've always been told uh, with dogs, especially when it gets hot out, is when you're walking them, you don't want to take them on, especially if you like live in, in town yeah. or you know, it's sidewalk, not a whole lot of grass options. Uh, when you take them out, don't take them out for too long because that'll burn their burn that, their paws. That's correct. Well, yeah. Yeah, don't walk them in the street. Walk them in the yeah. grass, yeah. things like that. And uh, if you can't walk in your bare feet on the street, the dog can't either. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, and I've seen pictures, man. They get like uh, little scabs on their pads, and it looks yes. awful. It looks awful. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, what could possibly go wrong? Doesn't seem like too much right now. No, <laughs> no just give it, give it a few hours, Jordan. <laughs> That's true. Wait yeah, till this got, rain hits. Yeah, three o'clock until eleven o'clock tonight is what time the watch is, um, you know, on for. Get your sandbags. Like I said, one to three inches. We're gonna yeah. have to check the barge. You know, ah, that's right. That's barge right. Watch out because well, they were they were moving the barge. Mm-hmm out well like hopefully this doesn't affect the main rivers too too much Hope it, not. Uh. no it's um and, and actually i know uh our um uh water rescue or river rescue or mm-hmm. uh swift water rescue team was out uh, yesterday on a public service in that general area so and and normally what they're out for is if they're moving the barge we have Rescue crews that are out there at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. ready to go just in case yeah. something goes so wrong. So that indicates that there was movement. There, There's some movement nice. out there. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, Steve, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you all again, and I look forward to next month. Hopefully we can do it on time. Absolutely. <laughs> and stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. 
from Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Icewinner, alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. missed it. For the break, we had Jefferson County Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management Director Steve Allen in to talk about uh, uh, summer weather, almost said winter weather. Goodness. Don't need the uh, winter weather thoughts back yet. But summer weather, uh, you know, pet safety, uh, flood safety, all kinds of stuff. So uh, very important every time we talk to Steve. So listen back to that a little bit later on today. On our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. Yeah. Hopefully this rain's not as bad as uh, it's looking. I hope Mm. not. I hope it clears out before the big festivities for the Miss West Virginia organization pageant. And, you know, we don't want all those ladies in their beautiful gowns having to traverse puddles. I know that, would, that does not sound uh, ideal. That's true, but that is coming up. That's this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And we're we're booking some of the the very amazing guests uh, related to the Miss West Virginia organization, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that towards the end of the week. Now it is time to take a look at the ever-rising gas prices around the region. Uh, still, Costco down in Winchester. Got to be a Costco customer, of course. But four forty-five there. You don't have to be a Costco comp. Customer at Gainsboro Market at forty-seven eighty North Frederick Pike in Winchester. It's four forty-five there. That's the Costco price. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's four forty-five there as well. So Gainsboro Market in Winchester. Never heard of it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's four forty-five there, and everything else looks to be four forty-nine. But the Martins. Up. So so some of these you wrap into um, your purchases. So mm-hmm. if you go to Martins and you. Spend money on groceries. Sometimes you get money yeah. off your gallons of gas. So the Martin's gas <clears throat> is that Gateway. Yes. Um, four forty nine. So if you've you know, be a little been, cheaper. If you've, if you've been buying some groceries lately. Yeah. You, you might Same get thing off of that. with like sheets and stuff mm-hmm. too. You can yeah. uh, add the points up. And the rock stations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the handy marts down down in Winchester area. They have a program like that. So there you go. If you're a Costco customer, well, four forty five for you. But if you're not. Find Gainsborough Market, and it's 445 there, down in Winchester. Now, in Berkeley Springs, it is 482 at the Sheets on Valley Road, 479 Ooh. at Roy's Service Center. So Roy's was cheaper the other day. Mm-hmm. Is, is, this a, is this a price war? Might be. Might be. But Roy's is at 479 Sheets is at 482 And then right here in good old Martinsburg, Rudder's. At uh, on Hedgesville Road is at 4:49. The sheets across the street here, or well, that's a lie. The sheets on the other side of town, Deadwood Miller uh, Drive, is at 4:49. Uh, so it looks like 4:49 is pretty much it. But the cheapest is at the Rudders on Hedgesville Road, which is for well, 4:49 and Edwin and Miller rocks. and Rocks. <laughs> now mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, and Valero. So 4:49 is the uh, cheapest you're so gonna you got, get. You got options. Mm-hmm. That I think that Rudders just opened this week. Ah, uh, they're trying to get people in. Did you? I can't remember what state it was, but did you, did you see where it was? Uh, we'll say it was at like a Rudders, right? The uh, store manager was putting the prices in for the gas. Okay. And on the unleaded, the last one he did, the one that everybody's getting, put the decimal place in the wrong spot. <gasps> so instead of like six ninety, people were paying for gas. They were paying sixty nine cents. For gas. Oh. So, uh, of course, it was jam-packed in that place. I think they ended up running out of gas in general. But uh, that store manager 
fired immediately. The company, whatever, lost like 15 grand that day just wow. off the gas that was messed up. So what are you going to do? You always think about people. They just change that decimal. It's not that big a deal. Well, apparently it is. Math is important. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I was just going through and uh, didn't even realize it. He said that I came back the next day and saw a lot of cars, a lot of cars around the block and realized that something might be wrong. So. Yeah, but you're not getting 69 cent gas around here. You're getting 449 gas. But yeah, there's your gas gauge for today. <clears throat> so go fill up if you need to. And I saw you're in a uh, little bit more fuel efficient <laughs> car out there this morning, Marsha, okay. than your normal one. Yes. Gonna have like, to top down later. Like you know what? I'm so scared to put the top down because <laughs> I'm afraid I'm gonna break something. But yeah, it, Why not? it's such a cool car on a today, day like today. Especially the before time it rains. That you get it, you're out of here. You still got plenty <laughs> of time before it rains. So. Get the hair, let the hair down, mm-hmm. kind of put the get, glasses on. Yeah, get out in it a little bit. Yep. There you go. But yeah, if you missed any of the show today, uh, we started things off with local author and historian Steve French talking about Custard's Last Stand, the 146th anniversary of Custard's Last Stand, and he's going to be having a talk on it at 2 p.m. Sunday. It is free up in Hancock, Maryland at the Hancock Town Hall. We also heard from Jefferson County Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management Director Steve Allen talking about uh, summer weather, almost said winter again, summer weather, uh, flooding, you know, all that kind of stuff gave me a great distinction between uh, weather warning and a weather watch because right. I always get those confused. I always think it's reversed. Yeah, keep your eyes on the weather today because obviously these things are, tend to change. And uh, as he mentioned, and you can see that graphic on our Facebook page, uh, the different regions are going to get different amounts of right. rainfall. So. Right. So be ready for a little flooding. Uh, turn around. Don't drown. You know, all that stuff. And um, yeah, make sure you're tuning in tonight for Baltimore Orioles baseball here on WPM and WCST as it is the Beltway battle between the O's and the Nationals where the Nats took home at the game one winner last night, 3 nothing. You're wearing your Nats shirt today. I am wearing my Nats shirt today because you got to. You got to when the team wins and they're not playing very well, so you got to, you know, figure things out sometimes for them. But we will have your Baltimore Orioles baseball right here on WPM and WCST around 7 o'clock for first pitch. I think that does it for us for today. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today. But for Marsh Cavalli, I'm Jordan Icemore. It's been Panhandle Live on WPM, WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.